Hey guys, just a note, uh, the audio from my side, Dylan Gott, side of the equation is a bit wonky this week, because uh, it recorded off my laptop mic and not the mic I regularly use. But everything else is still there, we still say a bunch of things we for sure should take back, and speculate wildly about people we don't know. So please enjoy the Wrestler Reviews review of Lita, and get naked. Ba -ba -ba. Jump, jump! It's the wrestling review, y'all. The wrestling review. With my boy John Hastings. John Hastings up in his bitch. And that new Dylan got bro. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. And a happy new year. Hello. Everybody, my name is Dylan Gott. That's John Hastings. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> That's a joke. I am Dylan Gott. That is John Hastings. That is John Hastings speaking. This is the Wrestler Review, a show where we talk about the career of a particular professional wrestler. And this week, we will be talking about Lita. Hmm. John, did you know her al her first uh, her band released their first album on September 11, 2007, making it uh, the pl uh, uh, the planes crashing into the tower the second worst thing that happened on that day in history. <laughs> you you really messed up that joke. Hi everybody. I'll edit it so it's smoother. Welcome to the rest review where me and Dylan review uh, wrestlers both their in ring and out of ring ability, and also I point out Dylan's failing. A husband and man, first failing of this episode, butchered a 9-11 joke. Dylan, what the fuck are you doing? Also, another thing we should mention that we do is slander them. Oh, slander the wrestlers? No, we do not slander the wrestlers. We tell the truth, and the truth slanders them. That's actually true. John, once again, you've made a delicate, wonderful point. Mm, I'm like the Martin Luther King Jr. of wrestling podcasts. So I'll say this before we start. In researching this episode, uh, I listened to some shoot interviews with um, with Jim Ross and Jim Ross. <laughs> Jim Ross. You all have to listen to Amy Dumas on the Ross Report because it is just Jim Ross sexually harassing her. It's the whole. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Let me say this about Jim Ross: is he is a very nice bad. You know what I mean? Like you're like That's very funny. That's a very good way to put it. He's a very charming bad person. He will water your lawn, he will shake your hand, he will remember your mom's birthday. You give my love to your mother. I know it's her birthday. Thank you very much, Mr. Ross. But you also know that there is a room in his house and you're just like, "Oh my god. Where'd you get all these panties?" And he's like, "Well, you can't buy them because that would make you gay." <laughs> I steal them from hotel maids' laundry baskets. The more gooey, the better. And you're like, oh, boy. So there's a part on the Amy Dumas episode where he goes, uh, oh, so what have you been doing since you quit wrestling? And she's like, oh, I just live in Nicaragua, and I essentially just, like, hang out on a beach in a, uh, in a hammock. And then he was like, ooh, everybody, just think about that hammock now. Think about you and that thong. And <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they weren't. A lot of 14-year-old boys were lying down thinking about you, tell you that. That's what he said. Back in the attitude air. It's like, yeah, this lady's trying to talk about her professional life. And he's like, just to remind you, you essentially were a conduit for weird masturbation, miss. 
If yeah, well, but here's the thing. He's not wrong. If you could have powered teen masturbation, Lita would have uh, ended Ameri- North American dependence on fossil fuels in a day. <laughs> it's interesting though. Her her story is isn't as straight ahead as you'd think it is. Oh no 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 no! First of all, as soon as you, the words Amish roadkill and ECW enter into your early career, you know that you've taken some twists and turns. Oh dear God! Yeah, Lita had a Lita had a rough home life. Of course she did. Of course she did. No one has that stern of a look on their face, even when they're smiling, that hasn't wept as their dad passed out in their birthday cake. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Her dad was a drunk uh, for their whole childhood. They moved around a lot, and eventually she just decided she wanted to be a wrestler. So, much like our, actually our good friend Graham Kay, she just moved to where she thought wrestling happened. She moved to Mexico, and they kept just telling her to be a beer girl, and she was like, I don't want to be a beer girl, I want to be a wrestler. And they were all like, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> What a stupid thing to think you can do. <laughs> you do know that you are a woman. <laughs> I didn't Le- know this. Leans too. over to his friend. The woman doesn't know she's a woman. She doesn't have the good sense to know she's a whole. She's a baby-making yeah. thing. Yeah. She's an oven for our cum, not a, <laughs> not a friend that you wrestle. Um, this is the thing with uh, Mexican wrestling is I have no... I know a fair amount about Japanese wrestling. I know next to nothing about Mexican wrestling, and I feel like we've painted it 100% accurately. They are stood in the middle of the ring at Arena Mexico. There's 11 different little people walking around with various head wounds and injuries as they were used for essentially just bullets, heel v. baby face, and a rotund Mexican man is smoking a cigarette, and she goes, I want to be a wrestler. He goes, ha, ha. And then tries to kiss her. Ah, you can wrestle my belt from its clasp. <laughs> That's where she, of course, learned to do all her luchador moves, uh, all of which she does... 60% correctly. <laughs> it's also probably where she learned to put up with uh, men in powerful positions just, just straight up harassing her. Oh, there is a lot of fun stuff on that later. She is a victim of, like... Lita is such an interesting character because it's, like... She is such a victim of... She's almost... It sounds like a super linear thing, but she, like... She's a victim of just the, the circumstances. Like, she got out of wrestling... Basically, she got into wrestling at a time where it's, like... You had to almost do porn to be in wrestling. Yeah. She she came in. As a she, woman. And, here's, and also, it's one of those things where she's coming from Mexico. So immediately, like, she's coming in with Mexico with a big chin. And she doesn't, she's not the exact idea of what Vince McMahon thinks is attractive. So there's a, like, she basically is coming in as, if wrestling was porn, she has that look in her eye where it's like, oh, you're doing only the stuff that involves this noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she went to ECW. It's weird because apparently when she showcased in front of Lance Storm uh, and Paul Heyman, Paul hated her and but still hired her for some reason. I can explain. I can exp- I can explain that. Paul Heyman is good at care. Paul Heyman's very is an interesting hybrid between Jim Cornette and Vince Russo and Jim, uh, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo in that he does not have a lack of knowledge about wrestling ability. 
but he doesn't necessarily care about it. He focuses on storyline and character totally, and it's just better writing an overarching storyline than uh, Vince Russo is. Well, Jim Cornette really cares about the in-ring and really cares about the individual characters, but could give a fuck about overarching story, which is why when Jim Cornette and Vince Russo worked together, it was the best wrestling booking the WWE had ever seen because you had two guys whose inability to recognize their weakness totally complemented each other. And so they boom, 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 made good stuff. And Paul Heyman, working by himself, I guarantee could not probably see past Lita's, you know, certain attributes or whatever. I'm also going to say, this is wrestling in the 90s. She was flat-chested, and I guarantee that that was a problem. I guarantee Paul Heyman that's what he meant by she's not very good. Yeah, by the way, she was flat-chested by, I mean, in ECW as Miss Congeniality, uh, she had uh, no boo-boos, and then she went to the WWE, and much to her uh, credit, I guess... She got boo-boos. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, we if you listen to the Bella Twins episode, we know what happened. <laughs> yeah, we know, yeah, we know what happened. Well, here's the best Vince thing. Is, I didn't wa- about- Vince McMahon walked in, pointed at her chest, and just went, ah, I can't live under there, and walked away. <laughs> Make me want it. Yeah. He brought Linda in and showed Linda's boobs to Lita. You see these? I tape them down. No one knows how <laughs> juicy they are. Well, Lita goes into ECW, and her character in ECW is Miss Congeniality. She's essentially, like, uh, Danny Doring's, like, (laughs) lady of the night, I guess? Because her whole character is that she is a ring rat. They literally call her, when she gets bumped, they say, the rat's been squashed. Yeah, what's also weird is that they also sort of heavily imply that she's fucking Danny Doring. And yeah. also, um, Amish roadkill watches. That was always the implication. I only based off of <laughs> one yeah. TN, ECW on TNN, where like Amish roadkill was on the ropes or something, and uh, or was outside the ring. And Joey Styles like, he's just watching the match. And then Cyrus was like, that's not the only thing he watches. And I was like, wait, are they implying that he wa- just watches Danny Dory fuck? <laughs> Yes, they are, because it's ECW, John. I mean, sometimes ECW is exactly what you think ECW is going to be, right? Like like we always say, if you want to know where the alt-right really formed, watch ECW on TNN. Yeah. That's exactly how the alt-right formed. It was, just, it was Paul Heyman hitting a woman with a bat and saying, this is real counterculture wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he, if you actually look in the front row, Steve Bannon is wearing a straw hat. <laughs> I would believe that Steve Bannon was straw hat guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, this is why we've done this podcast for so long, is that you immediately knew which ECW fan I was talking about. Yeah, the, well, there's, the, there's ugly Frank Zappa's brother and straw hat guy, and Steve Bannon was clearly straw hat guy buddy but she's in ecw she goes to train with dory funk jr while still in ecw paul Heyman goes but you're learning to wrestle here and then she makes the great point of this is bad she actually paid for her own training while in ecw and that's how she got in the wwe is because dory funk jr impressed her also the only thing jim ross talks about besides her tits in the interview is dory funk jr because that's how jim ross conducts an interview you got nice tits here's dory funk jr yeah uh he is i got two two 
fucking rules as Jim Ross. One, we talk about fucking. Two, we talk about funkin'. <laughs> funkin' and fucking. Do you think, um, do you think that Dory, Dory Funk Jr. treated Lita with nothing but respect? Here's my guess. Absolutely. From the stories Lita tells, she he treated her exactly like any other wrestler, which for now is just par for the course, but for 1998 is downright fascinating. That's like, I don't know, just... That's just, it's just crazy for 1999. As, as weird as that sounds, in wrestling in general, to treat women as equals in the wrestling ring is, like, crazy. But he comes from that era, right? Where that's a viable thing. He doesn't come from the valet era. That's actually a very good point. And yeah, Dory Funk Jr. comes from the time where it's like... Mildred Burke and... Yeah, we don't... We just need warm fucking bodies. Get the fuck in there, and whatever you do, don't drink with Terry. Well, why is... <laughs> Is he going to do something weird? No, he'll just be... Well, that's he comes from the era of, like, Mildred Burke, where women were actual... Like, there were actually women circuits, and they were all viable stars. Versus the Vince McMahon era of, like, they don't have legs. <laughs> Let me throw this out there. It's essentially um, the Vince... It's Vince McMahon era, but also the Fabulous Moolah era. Like, Mildred Burke was, like, good wrestler, respected by everyone. Fabulous Moolah comes in and was like, all these women are also going to be whores. Give me your money. Come here, May. Do whatever moves might show your pussy. Yeah. Do whatever moves make sure that I get 20%. Um, and then uh, then we have the era of Valley where women wrestlers were essentially Miss Elizabeth. Don't get in the ring. And then Sable. And then Lita. Like, it's fucked. Yeah, the Miss Elizabeth era... Forever, for how much everyone look, fondly looks back on Mrs. Elizabeth and how great she was, was pretty damaging, where it's like, if you touch a woman, they will explode. <laughs> That's very funny. What? Oh, she's using her move. By that I mean her tits. You touched her. She has fainted while being in the most pain of all time because women, other than childbirth, cannot bear a fall. Oh my God! She's just put him in his finishing move. She's telling about telling him about her day, and he's out. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Oh my God! She's taking him to Home Sense. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Good God. Good God. Good God. Good God. She just mentioned his her period, and he's throwing up uncontrollably. Good God. <laughs> no one will. No one will go in the fucking ring because she has been declared unclean. <laughs> Lita, after that, goes to WWF where she manages S.A. Rios for a hot second. Do you remember S.A. Rios? Yeah, it was the weirdest. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the translation essentially is Spanish or friend Rick. I think that's what it is. My other question is, was she also, did she also, was S.A. Rios also Aguilia? Aguilia? Aguilia. He literally fights Taka Michinoku at WrestleMania 14. He's like an aquatic-themed luchador. I No, he was Poppy Chulo before that. Because he was like a young, fresh, hot boy. So that's who... And then that's who becomes S.A. Yeah. S.A. Rios was, again, part of Vince McMahon trying to do the Cruiserweight division and hating it. So he would just hire them one at a time for some weird yeah. reason. He would hire them. They would lose to Scott Taylor before he was Scotty Too Hottie. And then he would be like, this doesn't work. Yeah, occasionally Takamichinoku. Occasionally. Yeah, the, the light heavyweight division was just Takamichinoku's the champion and Dick Togo is standing there in an Iron Maiden shirt, which we're all big fans of. 
Oh, I loved. I absolutely adored the original Kyantai, where it was those three dudes just dressed like me when I was fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where Vince was like, "You have such little chests. Put a T-shirt on. I don't care what's on it." Well, because they were essentially the DX gimmick uh, supposedly was kind of riffed off from them. Oh, really? Yeah, they were sort of the like it was like very traditional Japanese wrestling, and then there was three brash guys in jeans and t-shirts, literally just going in the ring, kicking people, and then leaving. Yeah, they had really great. I mean, we'll do a talk in Michinoku episode. I'm sure in three years when we're done, we're done with this. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, yeah. they were great. But the way where they would take out big men was like uh, drop, you know, Taka drop kicks in the knees, and then Funaki and Togo just come off the ropes with increasingly crazy moves. Like it was just constant. It was really good. Cool. But neither here nor there, Lita's gimmick is that she copies all of S.A. Rios' moves, and essentially this is the same type of gimmick that Zelina Vega is doing right now with Adrian uh, Cien Almost. Almost is a great wrestler, um, but much like in that tag team, uh, really Lita was the standout and then S.A. Rios just kind of sucked. Yeah, and then they actually did the smart thing, which I'm surprised... They did because that's not really in the move of the WWE where they were like, S.A. Rios, goodbye. Lita, you will immediately be a respected manager and will build a division around. Oh, no, that's not what they did at all. They then just made her the manager of the fucking Hardy Boys. I mean, that was you can't really deny that that was a perfect fit because she is so just to the left of what she's basically got a lot of the same talents exactly that jeff hardy does whereas can't cut a promo to save her goddamn life but she's just really charismatic and the way she does moves has a certain flair to them whereas jeff hardy's flair was essentially like i watched cirque du soleil once and also i'm trying to do this move that very much hurts me lita's move lita was the queen of i just barely didn't break my neck for years she has no, like, she would do a moonsault. They would be like, holy shit. Oh, she made it. And, like, land full fucking force on the opponent because she didn't have enough athleticism to brace herself at all. It's basically like watching CM Punk during his aerial phase when he was in basketball shorts. It's like, oh, thank God he's not dead. <laughs> like, that was the whole thing. What's also interesting I'm just thinking about is she was considered to be the Hardy Boys enforcer while Edge and Christian used Rhino. Like, this is how nuts the Attitude Era was, which is like, that guy who kills people with his shoulder and then feeds them their faces so they shit their face. Yeah, that woman will be equal match to her. Or we get to see a woman die. Well, that was the thing about... Either why way, it made it, I'm hard. <laughs> but that's what made it believable, where it's like everyone would cheat and then Lita comes and flies out of nowhere. And, I mean, as far as believability goes, uh, it's not like she came up and just fucking... It was like China, where she would just, like, choke slam them. She came in and she fucking threw her entire body at them with no regard. I'm glad and you bring up China. Uh, this is the moment I want to tell my story. So when Lita debuted in the WWF at the time, Ooh, she, the F. Ball, she, she has a strong chin. And I just told all of my friends who liked wrestling at the time, oh, I read in a magazine that she used to be a man. I don't know why I lied to them, but I did. And they all fucking believed me. One of them basically to this day. That's really good stuff. It was only because we were fl- he was flicking by the Hall of Fame and he was like, 
And he texted me or like messaged he Facebook messaged me. He's like, "Hey, it's weird that they don't acknowledge that they had like a trans person uh, as a wrestler in the '90s with Lita." And I was like, "Oh, that's a lie. She's a woman. She's a born woman. She did not transition." And he was like, <laughs> "Why did you make that up?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know why I lied." <laughs> I, I absolutely. I'm gonna do it again, Dylan. I'm gonna fucking do it again. Well, this is the great thing. Whereas she, uh, her gimmick in the Attitude Era, if you're if you're a younger person and listening to this, was statistically is almost impossible. But her uh, gimmick was that she had a thong hiked up, John. Yeah. This okay. This was the late '90s. This was the time of ladies. You want to let men know that you are ready to suck and fuck. <laughs> Just make sure they can see your thong. Also, if your thong is showing, that is consent. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, John. I'm not agreeing with it, but that was the era of the time. That's how Harvey Weinstein was able to go for so long. Well, also, she was doing the exact same. She was the exact same character as the Hardy Boys. The exact same character. It's just the really the twist was her thong showing because she needs something to be different from exactly being Matt and Jeff. That was her whole idea was like... If I'm the girl, I have to have some feminine touch, and she didn't want to just come out in a bra because her ho-hos were too big. Go on. That's the end of the point, John. But she oh. shows her thong, and uh, oh baby, everyone goes nuts, jacking off all over the place, because you have to understand, a crop top with your thong showing in the late 90s was akin to a woman wearing a pantsuit in wrestling. Like, it was the classiest she possibly could have made it. <laughs> it's... I don't know. It's she. It, the whole thing is just fucking fascinating because it's one of those things where you're like, "Oh, the Me Too movement. How far have we come? A great deal. We've come very far. We've come really very fucking far." That Lita, who is considered like the great sort of pioneer of modern women's wrestling in the WWE, most of her career was stand there, slut. Oh yeah, she. This is the thing where she gets to wrestle, like she gets a bit of what she wants. Like she has matches against Ivory when Ivory's in the right to censor. Uh, she, of course, wrestles like, but then she'll have to do evening gown matches. There's also the great feud she has with Dean Malenko, where Dean Malenko wants to watch her change. <laughs> That's the whole feud. Is Dean Malenko oh, trying to see those titties? No. I think there was a thing where he drugged her too, if I'm not mistaken. Good stuff. I mean. All of that is possible. Yeah. Dean Malenko was thirsty. He wanted a little drink of Lita. And, uh... Man, of it's course. one of those things where... The, how many fucking uh, Dean Malenko angles just involved him being a fucking sex man? Like, that this was must- the only one. Because they were trying to be like... Guaranteed they were like, you are you have a faraway stare. And he's like, yeah, I'm drunk on wine and high on pills. And they were like, be a pervert. And he's like, that's what you need. All right. I just get confused. What? Well, yeah. It, it seems like he would be, he would have been a great and pretty obvious heavy for the right to censor had they had a, like, cruiserweight division. But that's WWE. They didn't, like, they saw Dean Malenko and they were like, wow, you're short even for how short I thought you were. You're a pervert and then become an agent. Like, that was what they did. That's very... Uh, what I also... Do, I don't know if you remember this angle that they apparently pitched, which is uh, uh, him and Perry Saturn have a Lita's, uh, Lita's anal virginity on a pole match that was proposed by... Uh, <laughs> and then you're... And then you really lose it. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to lose it. We're going to do it on Monday Night Raw. And then Nitro's never going to be on the air again. <laughs> so it's 2001. They finally let Lita basically become a full-time female wrestler. But this time she's over like Rover Baby because they... The way they let her become a wrestler is it's in the invasion angle where uh, her and Trish are teaming up against the Alliance, mostly consisting of Ivory and Molly Holly. I know you're thinking, holy shit, the Alliance is Ivory and Molly Holly? That doesn't really make any sense. Well, the other options were a tag team match, Trish Stratus and Lita against Stacey Keebler and Tori Wilson. So you can see why they just added... Ivory and Molly Holly. <laughs> of course. Well, again, it's one of the, you look back on the invasion angle, and here's what I, my biggest piece of advice is: they just should have waited a year. They just should have held on to the whole thing and waited a fucking year. They didn't need to do all the stuff they did right away. They, I don't know what that noise was, but it terrified. That me. was a burp. They should have just waited one fucking year and all good. Yeah, but I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. They want to strike while the iron's hot. Blah 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 blah. But you control the industry now. Like it's one of those things where instead of having a match where it's and also by the way, Alita can be in the alliance because she was in ECW. You can remind people of that, although you probably don't want to because it's she probably has PTSD from having to see Danny Doring's actual dick because Paul Heyman made them fuck so that it was real. <laughs> <laughs> It's gotta be real! Yeah. Oh, gross. Lisa, here's what I see for your character. You should fuck Danny Doring while Roadkill in character, which I make him do all the time, even though I never pay him. Watches. <laughs> ECW, why are you leaving? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes! Amy, just to let you know, your contract is my dick and you sign it with your mouth. <laughs> Gross, guy. Gross. The penguin's little dick. Does Paul Heyman have a little dick, you think? I know. He just looks like the penguin. Like, he looks like the penguin was really mad because he had a bad childhood, so he took it out on Batman. And then Paul Heyman looks like he was just like, Rather than becoming a supervillain, I will become a lawyer and get men to play fight, but I'll get them addicted to pills so they, in time, murder themselves. The one thing you need to remember is that I also have shares in a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> I would believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh, of course. No, no. Paul Heyman, when in Paul Heyman's death, it's going to be like, oh, and his children inherited $1 billion. Oh, why is that? Oh, he heavily invested in a pharmaceutical company that was inventing a cure for concussions, and he just knew that there would be a market for that. Well, you can really sense, I mean, this is now uh, Paul Heyman. It's just a little thing on Paul Heyman before we get back to Lita. You can really sense... Especially in this, when I listened to the Lita shoot interview, it kind of like really hit home that Paul Heyman was a rich kid, and that's probably a lot of why everyone hated him is because everyone else needed, everyone else got into wrestling because they were poor and looking for something, and Paul Heyman was for sure looking for something, but at the end of the day, he comes from like a wealthy family, and 180% uh, he was just using that wealth to further the industry. It didn't really matter what he did. That's why he was able to do ECW. That's why he's able to do all these things is because he comes from money. Yeah. He is. He didn't make any money. His parents basically were just like, here's the toy you wanted. Bye. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Whereas a girl like Lita, you know, she's got to do what she's got to do, essentially. Like, she comes from a weird home where it's like she said her parents never fought. <laughs> they just never talked. She's one of those. 
Oh no, that means that they were, and then they could fight. Yeah, her her accounting is like a very funny where it's like her dad would just pass out drunk and her mom would be like, "See, let's let's pin the tail on daddy to see when he wakes up." She was like, trying to make a game out of it. It's like, "No, dad's drunk and he's just going to sleep." <laughs> it's basically um uh yeah, no, it's like, "Oh, isn't that cute? Daddy thinks that the bedroom the toilet is his bedroom." <laughs> Daddy's using the bed as the toilet again. Fun. It's a game, Daddy. Daddy thought Misty from the cocktail lounge is mummy. That's why Misty's here. Sheesh. <laughs> so Lita is wrestling around. Oh, baby. she. I mean, they kind of half start a women's division at this time because they have Jacqueline. They have their great... This is the whole thing is that, like, China never wanted to wrestle the other girls, but she would have been a great like heel monster character but she never want she saw herself as beyond that but that's the whole thing they don't do is they don't have they never make a division of like which women they've never done this where it's like which women are managers and which women are wrestlers and if they would have just done that then they could have a women's division because at this point you're getting into having gail kim around you you got obviously got molly holly you have trish you have jacqueline you have jazz even and you have all these great wrestlers um but they always lump. They always make Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson be in the matches too, because honestly, they're playing to the audience at that point, and it was all perverts. Yeah, exactly. The basically what it was is that like we can't have you just be wrestlers and being badasses because all of these nerds would be like, "What is she doing? Being good at the thing boys do? Am I gay?" And then they'll think they're gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve, Steve Austin will end up getting covered in cum. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have had a women's division, for sure there would have been a trapdoor come thing that happened. I mean, that's the worst and most thing you've ever said on this show. Where they were, oh my god, they got slimed with poop. That happened to men wrestlers. It would have been come for women. She's drinking the curb. She loves the curb. I'm very surprised that Vince Russo didn't have during that whole era where people kept getting bloods like dropped on them by uh, on Monday Nitro because of the new blood. I'm so surprised that he didn't have like. She's a whore. And then just milk fell all over or something. Gross. <laughs> Sloss! 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 Here's the idea, bro. I full fuck your wife on television, bro. It'll be good for ratings. Then she says, my dick's bigger than yours. And then a bunch of women come out and nod and say, I would have sex with you, but I'm not attractive enough. And they kill themselves. That's the idea, bro. That's how we end Monday Nitro. Uh, so... Real th- real storyline, or sorry, storyline that was I'm sure was real was Eric Bischoff tries to get Lita proposed for Playboy. Because at this time, um, you may forget, but the WWE had a deal with Playboy stemming out of the Sable issue. The women's championship was essentially you being Playboy. Yes, that, that, is, he- that is so scary accurate. Yeah. That's the only time they would ever promote women woman wrestler was just because they were showing their go-go's in Playboy. Yeah, they were doing the one thing Vince McMahon thinks they're good for. They're not talking and they're nude. <laughs> but he re- she rejects the angle from Eric Bischoff and... Uh, like, of course she does. Line. Again, of course she does because she's like, well, let's see. I got into this business to be a professional and to wrestle. I don't care about the bullshit that is um, uh, Playboy. I want nothing to do with it, so I guess I will do something else. And then I guarantee that Vince McMahon was so shocked that she said no, 
she made them do an angle where they argued about it and fought about it because he was like, I need someone to explain to me why you would not want to be in Playboy. <laughs> well, well, all right. So we'll end here and then keep we'll in get mind. To- keep in mind, Shawn Michaels was in Playgirl and Vince McMahon was cool with it. Like that guy just th- he's like, if you're naked for my company, more people will come to see my company. Good. That's all he ca- in the end. He's a horrible man, and all he cares about is more people seeing his goddamn product. And in his head, he's like, Playboy equals dirty, 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 dirty money. Yeah, he's he's the classic, like, he doesn't care how he gets in the mainstream as long as he gets in the mainstream. Yeah, again, he, but he, the problem with Vince is he considers porn to be the mainstream. It is, baby. Like, he'd be really excited if it's like, oh, um, fun fact... Um, they're making a WWE porn. It's called uh, Monday Night Raw Dog, and he was like, "Yeah, promote it on the new program." <laughs> hey, China did a WWE themed porn. Did she? Yeah, of course she did. I mean, I'm not that surprised. Apparently, the guy who played Triple H was really good. Like good and better, just good as a person. No, I uh, I mean like good at being Triple H. Like he had a spot on Triple H impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, fuck uh, you. Uh, much better than that. Is chi- is China dead? Yes. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> we did a China episode like the day she died. I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the fucking least. We did it up big that time. Really big change in her career, though, is she get breaks her neck while filming Dark Angel and has to have surgery on it. Oh, yeah. So Dark Angel, for those of you who don't know, was a show executive produced by James Cameron starring Jessica Alba. And the plot, I think, was essentially James at Cameron met Jessica Alba in a um, Starbucks in L.A. And was like, I mean, I want to try and fuck you. So you want a TV show? And she was like, um, what? I, I'll be in this. This TV show is the worst. Why am I a bike messenger that's also a superhero? And he's like, ah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're so hot. <laughs> you want to touch it, though? And she was like, no, I'm a professional working actress that should be treated with respect because I'm a human being. And he was like, what? Who are you, yeah. another Lyndall Hamilton? And then <laughs> James Cameron saw Idle Hands and was like, what if Devin Sawa wasn't in it? And then made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Idle Hands was fucking great. Man, Jessica Alba was... Very, very attractive back in the day. And on that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with the best part of Lita's career. And then- Before we go, before we go, yeah. what, ye- what year was uh, Dark Angel set in? 3,086. 2019. Welcome to the year <laughs> of Dark Angel, baby. <laughs> we are living in the, in the future. Like, the Planet of the Apes, the crazy futuristic Planet of the Apes was set in, like, 2003. <laughs> we all have flying cars. Nope, yeah. everyone still wears slacks and just we have weird phones. Yeah, we have weird phones and everyone's weird. <laughs> People are really into specific things. It's the crazy yeah. future. Let me throw this out to you. Nerds become cool and jocks become the scum of the earth because it's revealed that all that behavior they had in high school, they carried through to adulthood. Do people still financially support them? Of course, because you cannot take pleasure away from people. I don't even know what that was about. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back after the break with Lita getting kicked in the stomach. After the break. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering... 
Does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to do- donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. <laughs> and you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for Lita's later parts of her career, where she has sex on television because she guaranteed had to do something because Vince McMahon probably was just knocking on her actual door and being like, just show me them. Uh... And Apparently, she only had a problem with the live sex show and the Matt Hardy angle. That was it. But, I mean, her and Edge, basically. The, listening to Lita talk about that Matt Hardy stuff is pretty crazy. Because it's, like, such an adult and nuanced thing to go through. But you're going through it on professional wrestling television. Where it's like, woman, fuck other man, not boyfriend. That whore means. Yeah. It's weird. It's that I... When that was happening, I was it was two thousand and f- I remember it was like two thousand and four, yeah, because it happened at the first they brought up the first ECW one night stand, and I v- or two thousand five, I moved to that. I vividly remember five. it was two thousand five. I vividly remember being like, why, like, why do we care? Like, okay, so that she cheated on him with Edge, but like, isn't that between like her because everyone was like edge is a piece of shit and it's like isn't that between like her and matt hardy and then the wwe did the weirdest thing where they were like well matt hardy's fired i guess like i still don't understand what the logic behind that move was which is just like well we know how we feel about cuckolds in this building get the fuck out you (laughs) no apparently matt hardy was being real fucked up backstage of course he was pissed yeah of course he was like why did i not think like Oh, wait, the guy that did a bunch of pills got sober and then just got weird on TV? Oh, yeah. He didn't take his girlfriend making a cuckold, making, a, as they call it in Canada, a Dylan God of him. So uh, they... So he's, That's not true. That is true. You're into watching, baby. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm into watching other people have sex. With your wife. Nope. Yeah? With each other through a window. I'm Dean Malenko. <laughs> yes, no, you're Dean. They saw me and they were like, you know, it would be a good character for Dean Malenko, this guy watching us fuck right now. You're <laughs> Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn is your wife and you like watching your wife have sex. And then I walk in the room and I'm like, actually, Dean, wrestling abilities. And then they stop. What I think about wrestling. <laughs> um, have you and your wife ever entertained the idea of you watching her getting pwned by someone else? Uh, have you entertained the idea of no? I'm just asking a personal question about you, Lord. Uh, no, I'm not really. I'm not really into that. But I mean, whatever. I could see it. I could see it happening when we're like sixty. You know because what? Then it's like, who cares? I, I have the exact same opinion, which is like, oh, when I hit my sixties, my sexuality is taking a real spin. <laughs> For sure. Like you just like want to see someone with tight skin naked again. It doesn't matter the gender anymore. Yeah, you're just like I don't. Look at it. It's all staying still while he moves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's not just like he moves and then his skin follows and slaps his other skin. Pardon me, young man. Why aren't you coughing for no reason? <laughs> Why aren't you out of breath from thinking about it? Pardon me, young man. What is with this penis growing? 
Don't, <laughs> mine hasn't done that since Obama. <laughs> so Lita does the greatest angle of all time during this, which is Kane wins her from Matt Hardy in the last match that was for a woman explicitly. And then Lita gets pregnant. It's revealed it's Kane's baby, not Matt Hardy's. And guys, you know what that means? Sometimes they like it. <laughs> Sometimes when you, when you make them do it, they end up loving it. We've covered this. Ba, 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 ba. We've covered this angle a great deal on this program, and I'm glad we're. Co- we have. I'm glad we're covering it. Times. Covering it again, because it is all. It is. It is worse than the Katie Vick angle because there's steps. No, it's great. No, it's not. You just like you just like this shit because you're dark in a really profound way. Man, when Snitsky punts that fake baby, name something better than that. Oh, there's not much better than that, to be honest with you. The fact that that was on that was on cable television and like, do you understand that just telling someone about that will get your Twitter banned? <laughs> you will get deplatformed for describing something that the USA Network was like, yeah, that's fine, but no chair shots to the head. I heard them talk about, but like we're in Canada when we were watching this, it was on the TSN, which is a sports network. So they would like just not show it. And so we would not see a lot of this stuff that was like really offsides. Like you never saw Bubba Ray Dudley slam a woman through a table and you certainly never saw this shit <laughs> they're like punting a baby uh no you saw you saw bubba ray do uh, deadly do it the first few times and then they what they would do is because they clearly didn't warn to esn they just had someone that had a button that could cut to a different feed so it, you'd see him like about to like throw the like about to jump off the top row and then it would just cut to the crowd for a second but you would still have jim ross describing it which was even worse because then it would be like just a guy holding up a sign. This is Austin 316s and Jim Ross being like, Bobby Ray Dudley! Bobby Ray Dudley's just done it! Oh, God! Oh, God! The king's dead! He's drowned in his own cum! <laughs> yeah, man. It was uh, muy bueno. Yeah, you're all right with that? Muy, muy, muy bueno. Yeah, of course it was. It was the best. Why, why can't it come back? I want Sasha, I want Braun Strowman to throw Sasha Banks into a lake and she real drowns. <laughs> <laughs> she real. Iliad's dead. Come back next week. That's the Attitude Era, baby. Lives are expendable. You are fucking right. Men are important. Women are not is the thing that Vince McMahon says to himself in the mirror every morning. Now, that was um, also the other name for this podcast. How does the Schnitzky thing resolve? Schnitzky, yeah, the schnitzel thing, it doesn't really resolve. That's the I best mean, part. This is my favorite. Kane I, just kind of beats him a bunch of times, and then Snitsky moves on and goes like, "I didn't fucking kill that baby. It's not my fault." But For it, those of you who haven't seen the angle, it's Snitsky fucking accidentally kicks Lita in the stomach, and then she has uh she has a miscarriage, and then Snitsky does a bunch of promos mocking the loss of their unborn child, which is crazy because essentially the angle is like lita got pregnant because kane sexually assaulted her repeatedly and then she got stockholm syndrome and that made kane a baby face like i'm so far totally on board that's literally like that guy who locked his daughter in a dungeon and forced her to have sex with him and had all the kids you're like but i mean i like that guy now (laughs) they did that exact angle and they were like but i mean this rapist i like him I'll buy his t-shirt. Local man murders four children. Always returns lawnmower. 
Hmm, one redeeming quality? That's all I need. This guy's a badass. Yeah, that's very fu- Yeah, that's a great fucking point. Yeah. Oh, sure. His uh, bedroom is mostly just blood and the stained screams of elderly women. But fuck me, is he good at shaking hands. <laughs> so here we go, baby, because this is they move past this angle and they basically do the Matt Hardy uh, edge angle. They start it, but it's with Kane, like because Lita leaves Kane for edge turning heel because she left her abuser. Mm-hmm. And that's legitimately what it is. She turns heel on Kane because she leaves the abuser. And then she says he has a small dick because yeah. it's mid 2000s. Yes. And by the way, the noise Jerry the King Lawler makes when she says that you have a small dick is phenomenal. Like you can tell he believes it. <laughs> <laughs> How, by the way, did Kane win a mayor? He became the mayor of a town and no one found this angle where it's like, on television, it was heavily implied you're a small-dicked rapist. Address that, Mr. Jacobs. I think that basically he just ran in a Republican. And a, he ran as more Republican than you could in a Republican. Not only are gay people bad, I don't believe they're real. <laughs> exactly. I think they're just doing it to get more taxes. Uh, I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. I think that was probably his. Here's the thing with guns. Uh, my wife is one. Elect that man. Exactly. Uh... Roads should be, uh, if you don't pay taxes, you shouldn't have access to roads. Nothing is free. Build your own road. Build your own house. You're the, you're the president of yourself. I'm wearing shoes that are made of cheese. Who wants to kiss? <laughs> That's, that was, that was his official slogan. Yeah. Cheese shoes. Ooh. Yeah, I, don't, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Dirt adds much-needed roughage. Kane Jacobs. In this next debate, I'm just going to guess what I think the N-word is. <laughs> <laughs> negative that's it don't be negative <laughs> awesome game. Yeah. negative but he is pointing at a black guy negative <laughs> so lita edge they they quickly transition to hiring matt hardy back because oh the this by the way the i remember this the internet was on literal fire dave Meltzer almost smiled and almost cried which would have been the first time for either one of those things it would have been a breakthrough in autism the likes of which no one has ever seen <laughs> we found a cure for asperger's <laughs> yeah <laughs> take the make the thing that they really like do something slightly amoral yeah he went fuck do you were like he was relentlessly putting articles up about it well because matt hardy was essentially live blogging his feelings about having edge cheat on him like matt hardy was one of the first and the earliest adopters of essentially like twitter before it was twitter where he'd have this crazy he'd just have his blog he'd update he'd do a large update of his website every day with all his feelings on the situation once he got fired and got himself a lot of attention just by basically doing what everyone still loves to do to this day, which is get backstage gossip right from the WWE and talk about, you know, he's angry, lead as a whore, whatever. She said that she would, like, leave. Uh, she would walk, try and walk. She couldn't walk her dog because people rolled her windows down and call her a whore. Like, really, really heinous shit. When in reality, according to her, essentially, the entire thing happened was, which I think is, a, like, a super mature accounting of it, is um she and him she always knew she wouldn't marry him so but then she just never left and that's how that shit ends 
is like if you don't think you can spend the rest of your life with someone then don't then just leave yeah <laughs> like you, you, you can't and it's not a bad thing it's just otherwise you just fucking make shit harder as it goes along and then shit like this happens where you end up fucking cheating on somebody and then she says her and edge never had a chance because basically they both felt so bad about what they did to edge's wife in this case and then matt hardy that they just fucking every time they had a moment together they fucking hated each other because it was like a, a reflection in the mirror of a terrible thing they each did which is a super mature thing to do like that's a super mature and complicated story so what the WWF did was uh, make them fuck on TV and be dirty, dirty assholes. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they both look like that couple. Yeah. And you know what? They look like that. They look like the guy in the sh- in the opening band who walks or who who just takes the catering of the main band when the guy's like, "That's actually my uh, sandwich." He's like, "Mine now." <laughs> this is my girl. Yeah. Hey, you look like the kind of guy that uh, fuck you. <laughs> why? Why are you even? Why are you guys closing? Cause we're Soundgarden. But you guys like like who's even coming here? Why? Adam's band's much better. I'm gonna hand their demo tape to Fred Durst. I'm gonna walk around till Fred Durst is around. Yeah. Hey, Chris Cornell. We get it. Like you're good, but uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a little guy named Jaru. <laughs> Jaru. <laughs> I say it as one word as he intended. Yeah, his name is Ja Rule because he uh, does rule. <laughs> That's fucking sick. This said, though, Lita and this storyline makes Edge the biggest heel in the world and launched his career in the way that they were always looking to do it. 100%. I don't think this was because they always wanted to push Edge super hard. And it sounds weird, but up until this point, like they were pushing Edge so hard, they gave him like titles with hulk hogan when hogan was doing his like uh return tour of the wwe and everyone fucking loved him like they were doing all this big shit but christian was kind of like ascending almost past edge because he was just doing really good work yeah and also by the way like christian when they broke up the whole like christian his song being like christian that last year on their own they both the thing is is they both are just play really good shit eating fucking asshole heels but Christian just got there first, and by then, having this whole thing happen where, and I'm, you know what, it must have been really fucking hard, um, to like be going through all of this. But be, as a result, everyone was like, "Oh, he's an actual piece of shit. Fuck this guy." And then, as much as the sex on television thing is horrible, it really played into that character of like, "Oh, they don't give a fuck. They're just gross, goober uber people." That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, and. Like I said, they look like the two best shitheads you could possibly look like for professional wrestling, as far as that's concerned. Now, Lita has to do the live sex show, and those are the two things that she actually objected to, is just that Vince McMahon, (laughs) this is not okay by today's standards, Vince McMahon just made her do it. I mean, is anyone surprised that she was like, no, and he was like, that means yes in my world, what? And if anyone is wondering why they do this shit, why they did the Lita-Kane abortion angle why they did um, the live sex show, why they did hot lesbian action. Uh, That is 180% because this was the highest rated, this is the highest rated segment of like the last 12 years, is the live sex show. Because perverts showed in being like, "Uh, I guess I'm going to see a cock going pussy on TV. (laughs) I'm going to cut. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, welcome to the fucking wrestling world. Like, welcome to the real world. It's hell. Yeah. And 
I mean, Edge really jumps off the charts here and just becomes a huge fucking scumbag. And Lita, to her credit, does a great job uh, as his manager. She's pretty much out of the ring at this point because of her neck injury, but she does come for like some matches, uh, such as uh, she wrestles Trish, and she has to slow down, which almost makes the matches a bit better. Um, she doesn't wrestle that much as a heel. Like I said, her neck really hurts, but, uh, she, her final match was a title match where she lost to her longtime rival, Mickey James. They had a good women's division back then. It's just that honestly, people wanted Lita, the bitch character more than they wanted just her in the ring actually wrestling, which is sad, but people didn't like women's wrestling and didn't view it as anything up until about three years ago. And I think, I think that all the women who have, who the first, certainly the NXT, like the Sasha Banks, Bailey match and NXT takeover, like all that shit deserves so much credit because it literally like changed. It made people want to buy something they didn't even value. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if napkins just started costing 20 bucks and everyone was like, you know what? Napkins are fucking amazing. Like it sounds, I mean, that's probably the worst analogy, but do you understand? Like, no one even thought this was a thing. And then now they've changed it. And Lita is the, like the cur- was really the kernel of change in this because every they she did the live sex celebration. She did the I'm I'll bring my fresh fresh breakup of someone I lived with for years. I bring that on a television. Um, I'll wear the thong, I'll do all this, but I want to wrestle people. And at the end of the day, she did wrestle people. She's won the Women's Championship multiple times. Certainly a great character and, like, dangerous as fuck in the ring, but certainly unique. She was the only high-flying woman for years up until this point. Um, now we're only seeing women high-flyers. She's absolutely fantastic, and, uh, her career ended after that loss to, uh, Mickie James. And, of course, her and Edge fell apart because don't date wrestlers, and she's done a couple matches. She had a bit of a comeback match, but for mostly she's done. She's hanging out. She's doing her band that's not good. She's late. She's Lady Jeff Hardy without the mat. Dated CM Punk for a while, weirdly. Weird fact. For sure everyone dated CM Punk. Not me. You did though. Oh, I dated him. You did date him. That's why you when you fought it's silent. <laughs> Closing my eyes, what do you see? I'm sucking on Phil Brooks' peen. Ooh, sucking on his medium peen. It's probably not that big or small. It's probably just a normal peen. And he's got tattoos on it. One of them says, I love Coke Burner. And the other one says, Oh, do I? <laughs> That's it. Lita, all in all, great career, 67 years in the Fed, in and out, great year. May I remind you, Alicia Fox, been in uh, WWE for 13 years or some shit like that. Lita, seven. Let me say this about Lita. She is one of those wrestlers that you're like, I don't know why she sticks in everyone's minds. There were a lot of detractors, but she also lucked out in that she was part of some really stupidly extreme storylines, and she just played it right and then just kept on going. Like, Ivory is such an interesting one in that Ivory really gets ignored for how being, for as good of a wrestler as she was, while Lita was very dangerous in the ring, and yet everyone is like, and without her, the Bella Twins would be sucking a dick. <laughs> no, Lita, like, 
they push Chris Stratus as like pretty like pretty much the fucking John Cena Hulk Hogan as of women's wrestling in the WWE, but Lita is 180% the Randy Savage. Yeah. They just never got it. Like, I think that's something she says repeatedly is that Vince McMahon never got why she was popular. Well, because he's probably like, why do they like, why do they like that dirty woman? <laughs> she should be clean. I think, no, legitimately, it's because he, he's such a weird old man where he just like blondes. <laughs> He loves blonde. I guarantee it's because his daughter's a brunette, and he's like, if I start thinking about that, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably they, like think about it. Think about the t- women in wrestling right now. I mean, they're I'm not taking anything of their, of their talent away from them. Yeah, they're just like break this down. Trish Stratus, blonde. Tori Wilson, blonde. Stacy Keebler, blonde. Um, they're either blonde or ethnic or look ethnic enough that Vince McMahon thinks that they're ethnic. Like, I guarantee that Vince yeah. is like, ah, Bailey, our Puerto Rican champion. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's the thing. And then he tried to, and then he tried to like push Lana. There was this weird thing where he tried to push Lana, took her away from Rusev, got rid of her accent and tried to push her because he's like, well, she's blonde and she has huge guns. Everyone loves that. She'll be a baby face. And everyone's like, no, she's really good as her character. no. No, just make her not Russian, and then she has big guns. That's her character. And then they tried that. Everyone was like, what the fuck is this? And then they went back. He's like, well, they're like, it's just, it's such a weird fucking thing. But she's like, she really had an underdog story. Like, even ECW didn't like her, which is crazy, because usually they're the champion of everybody who's not mainstream. But that's also, this was the end of ECW, and Danny Doring and Elmish Roadkill was the worst thing ever. It didn't make any sense. I loved it. He's... He's a new metal surfer, and he's an Amish man, and she's a whore. He fucks chickens. <laughs> yeah, he fucks chickens. It was just, why are they a tag team? They would have been great singles wrestlers, but it's like, no, they're a tag team. I don't know why. I always thought a great tag team would have been Roadkill and Funaki. Oh, my God. It just goes, chickens. <laughs> the other guy goes, indeed. <laughs> would have been a great three weeks. <laughs> you know what that would have been a hell of a run that would have been like Chaz in the attitude era where it's like that was two and a half that was a month and a half and what a month and a half it was <laughs> it really really would have been she says the highlight of her career is doing the intergender matches which i mean for sure is probably the future of wrestling is just eschewing the fact that wrestling spoiler alert is fake so let's just have women and men fight as equals when that happens i guarantee jim Cornette goes on a Columbine-esque rampage of Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> or that Brock Lesnar, like, or you just, a very uncomfortable match where they're like, well, if this is it, this is it. And then Charlotte Flair gets German suplexed by Brock Lesnar and opened up hard way. And everyone's like, well, I mean, I don't think I wanted this to happen. <laughs> I guarantee if that happens, we then also watch Ric Flair attempt to fight Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar, you'll see a tent form in his shirts, and he'll whisper, finally, and Ric Flair will be then murdered. Yeah, he'll just, he'll be like Juggernaut in the first Deadpool movie, where he'll just (laughs) rip his head from his body, and I'll be like, WrestleMania's over. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everyone, I guess this is the last Monday Night Raw. I'm so sorry. But I do think, like, I mean, this is now, this is just, uh, we're, we'll talk about best and worst in a second, but don't you think it would be pretty cool to see Brock Lesnar versus Ronda Rousey? Just like, 
I think that'd be great. Yeah, but I want him to lose. I think he'll lose. Brock Lesnar doesn't give a shit about anything. No, this is the problem. Okay, let me just say that this is the problem with Brock Lesnar, and then we'll do best and worst, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Brock Lesnar doesn't give a fuck. Vince McMahon, for some reason, is convinced that if they get Brock to win enough, I'm convinced of this, they get Brock to win enough, then he'll like wrestling more. Vince McMahon is essentially like, he's like, why doesn't he like, why doesn't the the popular boy like my thing? Yeah, that's an interesting take. I honestly think it's because he's, Brock Lesnar still has, and this is going to sound stupid, but from Vince McMahon's thinking, Brock Lesnar is going to win the UFC heavyweight title the next time he fights, which is in discussion. Like, So they're having him win on TV because there's an outside chance that they could with the world watching, which everyone promoting it, with ESPN promoting it ad nauseum, Brock Lesnar holding the WWE title in every one of those interviews. And that could be the thing. Yes, we'll let you have him fight, but he has to have the WWE world title on him at all times. Because there was a Randy Orton, <laughs> there's an ad for w- 2K17 or whatever it was at the time, when Lesnar fought last time in the UFC against Mark Hunt. So I guarantee that's what they want, is just like, get the WWE to... Get WWE branding all over ESPN constantly. It's free advertising. Yes, you can have this guy, and Vince in his heart believes he'll win. Because there's a ton of stories about, like, um, Mickey Rourke thought Jericho actually wanted to fight him at the WrestleMania, so he brought bodyguards, but he brought, like, middleweights from the UFC, and Vince McMahon was like, who are the small guys? And Jericho was like, those are, like, the UFC middleweight champion. Laughed and went, all right, if something breaks out, I got the small guy. And that guy would have just ripped his fucking head off and fed it to him. But of course. Vince McMahon honestly believes it's like, if I was to fight Floyd Mayweather, Vince McMahon would be like, I'm putting all my money on the guy who's taller and fatter. Because fat and tall means better. Yeah, like how he didn't see Butterbean beating the shit out of Billy fucking gun, I'll never fucking know. Yeah, he totally knew that he legit thought... Bart Gunn does. Bart Gunn would win a fitness competition, therefore he will win the fight. Like, and he still thinks that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But that we're getting sidetracked once again, being disrespectful towards Lily. What's your favorite thing about Lita? That she became a wrestler. She had a dream, and she fucking accomplished it. And she handled everything that they fucking threw at her, and she never let it break her. She's an absolute symbol of perseverance, and I think that that should be applauded. And also because a lot of the other things that I want to say are really horrible. And I was like, we've said some horrible things on this episode. And I wanted to end positive because I almost said. The say it. Say it. I, was, I almost said best thing about her is she, I was like, well, she probably held back the Me Too movement for about two years with her involvement <laughs> in, that, in that Kane Snitsky angle. Always side with the one who abused you. Well, in the Women's Royal Rumble, she came out with a Time's Up. Uh, stand, no, it was Time's Up uh, was written on her shirt or something like that. Which is uh, Vince was probably confused and angry by. My favorite thing about Lita is that she got out of wrestling quickly. I like that. For her. Yeah. Because she saw that she was basically fighting the tide of the ocean as far as sexism goes <laughs> in professional wrestling. And she just let the tide push her to shore. She was trying to go into the ocean while the waves were crashing at her. And she got pretty far in. But at the end of the day, she just had to leave. Because what else What else can you do after you've had your personal shit? After you've seen wrestling be that dark, what else can you do? Where it's like, neckbeards are calling you a whore because you and your boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think the worst thing about Lita is probably that she never was that good a wrestler. 
I'm going to say the worst thing about uh, Lita is that she made a cuckold of that nice man. No. Uh, <laughs> Don't cheat, bitch. <laughs> you cheat. That's your fucking, your pussy's evil. I'm going <laughs> to. If you want dick, you're an evil bitch. I'm going to say the worst thing about Lita is that um, every third line of her career bio is and then she was then she experienced horrific abuse <laughs> yeah buddy that's pretty much it what a nice time yeah everybody just sit there reflect on a woman accomplishing her goals now if you'll excuse me i'm gonna go shower off some hot yoga sweat and maybe have a full jacket into a toilet jack it off into the toilet watch how much how much water there is if it was me, there would be no water. I'd fill the toilet. One spurt. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. And come to all my stand-up shows. At Dylan Gott, D-Y-L-A-N-G-O-T-T on Twitter uh, for more information about that. I believe by this time this episode uh, airs, yeah, by the time this episode airs, we'll be starting our first week of our tour. So that is... Uh, January 8th in Barrie, February 11th in Peterborough, and the 12th uh, will be in Guelph, all in Ontario. Dil- at Dylan got on Twitter for more information. John, plug your Soho things, you fat bitch. I got Soho, February 8th and 9th. Please fucking buy fucking tickets. Also, I have a new album coming out at the end of February. You can- It will be available for pre-order as of February 1st on Spotify, Apple Music, and I fucking go get it it is called come baby bloop, 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 bloop. what a brave name that is thanks very much for listening guys fuck you fuck, fuck you me. fuck me fuck me fuck me